Welcome to the weekly NFL Reaction Show podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to this past week's NFL action. We will share our opinions on the NFL, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack football, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well. We are here to unpack sports, faith, and life. I am joined by Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, and Luke Heaton. We've got a, a full show for you today. We'll be here for the next hour to unpack the weekend in sports. We'll unpack some faith, some life. We'll say hello to Corey and Luke in just a moment. Also, the big championship game is tonight, and we will be joined by former Buckeye Nate Sally. He's also an Unpacking It contributor and host of the Audible Minute, and he'll join us in just a little bit coming up. But we'll uh, we'll start with some, some NFL discussion. And before we say hello to Corey and Luke, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options, healthmarketgenius.com. Dot com support them as they support us. My co-host Corey Miller, former NFL linebacker, South Carolina Gamecock. He's also the the director of ministry outreach here at Unpacking It. Corey, how are you? How was the weekend? Weekend was great, guys. And uh, of course, uh, you know me with all the NFL going on this weekend. I love that. But I'm excited about tonight. I've been waiting on on this ball game. Uh, two blue bloods getting ready to get after down in South Beach. And, man, I'm excited and looking forward to what's going to happen in our sports world today. Absolutely. I'm, I'm fired up for tonight as well. Luke, how was the weekend? How are you doing? I am doing good. I'm uh, currently in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, flew up and I'm going to move down all of my fiancé stuff so we can move into our new apartment uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. So uh, it's been an exciting weekend of travels and also a great weekend of sports. I mean, I spent the amount of hours I spent on the couch yesterday, <laughs> flew, flew up Saturday, was watching on my phone in the airport yesterday, was just back to the couch. Oh my gosh, it was great. And then tonight, uh, the cherry on top of three days of football. It, it was a, a strong weekend of football and, and really from start to finish because the, the Colts and the Titans got us going. And, and so we'll start there because that was kind of my, my big upset from the, the weekend heading in thinking, all right, I think the Colts are going to surprise everybody and, and beat the Bills. And I thought they played really well. I thought they had you know a lot of opportunities, but they just didn't get the breaks. Like all the calls necessarily didn't go their way. And then when they went for it on fourth down, I love it. I love that that's Frank Reich's mentality, but it just didn't work out. Like it just, it, it, for the Colts, the, the Bills were kind of that, that special team where things went their way, even though in many ways the, the Colts outplayed them. And, and I thought, you know, with, with Taylor running the ball well and Hines running the ball well and, and Rivers didn't make the big mistakes like he often does, but, but oftentimes too, it's like when you need them in the fourth quarter to come up big, it, it just doesn't always happen. And once again, in the playoffs, that was kind of the case. So I was, I was bummed to see the Colts lose. But then the weekend wrapped up last night with the Steelers and the Browns. And I, I thought for sure the Steelers would come in. They'd flip the switch. They would blow the Browns out. 
And, and, you know, the idea that the Browns were playing without their head coach and he's really been the reason for their turnaround, or at least that's kind of what we, we expected. And in many ways that, that is the reason the Browns were different this year, but he got them ready and they were ready to roll. And, and I thought how, how calm Baker Mayfield has been this season and just, he has control of this team. He, now the games where he's tried to do too much, they've lost. But when he just kind of remains in in his limitations and they run the ball well, they're in good shape. And so uh, they wrap things up uh, with, with, with winning. And so I do want to talk more about the Browns winning, the Bills winning, and both of those fan bases. Uh, but, but for you guys, Corey, what was the big takeaway from the weekend? Well, I think, you know, looking at all the playoff games this weekend, for me, obviously I'm going to say probably Pittsburgh. Uh, Cleveland game shocked me. I thought the Browns were a good football team. When you look at what they had to go through all of last week with with the COVID issues, Kevin Stefanski, their coach, not going to be a part of that football game. But looking at Baker Mayfield and and his football team and Kareem Hunt and, and, and Chubb, those guys went out there and ran the football. They did what they needed to do. Baker Mayfield was very precise uh, uh, and throwing the football, didn't really make a lot of mistakes. And, and, and you know, Big Ben, uh, you know, the story, you saw the reaction, him crying on the sidelines. Is this his last year? You know, nobody really wants to speculate right now. But I was shocked, you know, how that game got out of hand, uh, the three quick turnovers early uh, for the Steelers, and now they're ousted out of the playoffs. Also, another shocker to me was the Rams. Uh, you know, I knew they came in with the number one defense in the National Football League. I knew Russell Wilson in this offense. They've had this share of struggles, but I thought Seattle would find a way to win that football game, uh, being that, you know, golf was out, uh, supposedly backing up, wasn't going to start. You know, the backup gets hurt. He comes in, a very pedestrian type of uh, uh, afternoon, I should say, for him. But they did enough to win the ball game. The defense was magnificent, harassing Russell Wilson. He couldn't really get comfortable in his pocket, wasn't setting his feet. So, you know, when I look at uh, the playoff weekend, man, Cleveland moving on. It's been forever since they've been in the playoffs. Then they get the playoff win uh, over the Steelers. And then, of course, looking at Seattle and Russell Wilson, now the Rams are moving on. So those were the two big, big shockers. I think some of the other games didn't really surprise me as much. I also I really love the game, right, with, with, with the, uh, the Titans and the Ravens. What a great ball game, the dislike between the two teams and, and, and getting Lamar Jackson off the snide. And, and nobody can say, well, you haven't won a playoff game yet. But let's, I'm like, man, people are so harsh with this guy. But, but he has taken his team three years in a row to the playoffs and then on yesterday getting that, that monkey off the back, so to speak, and getting uh, the win for the Baltimore Ravens. And now we're setting up for some good playoff games next week. So uh, nonetheless, a good good weekend of NFL football. Well, you're exactly right about the matchups for next weekend. I mean, we got some dream matchups, so we'll, we'll have to talk about those uh, in, in a little bit. But I think for Lamar Jackson to put to put together the performance that he had, especially the one huge touchdown run, which was just – incredible i was i was trying to get little maddie to to respect and understand how great that play was i was like maddie you gotta see this This is unbelievable i think we've we forgot a little bit this year with lamar jackson he, he just kind of flew under the radar and you know last year was the big mvp season a little bit of a drop off this year the ravens kind of up and down and they had some some COVID issues midway through the year and we just sort of downplayed what they could do yesterday they showed us and reminded us hey we're, we're still one of the teams to beat. We still have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Don't forget us. And, and I thought the emergence of J.K. Dobbins has been huge for the Ravens. 
uh, you know, late in the season. He looked good yesterday, getting into the end zone. He was impressive. Um, I still think they gotta they gotta get Mark Andrews consistently involved because he had a couple plays, but when he at the tight end position is is heavily involved, that offense really goes uh, as well. So um, that was uh, I was kind of pulling for the Titans in that game, but but I, I love watching Lamar Jackson when he's going when he when he really uh, kind of takes off. So Luke, Luke, what was your big takeaway from the weekend? Yeah, I was. Uh, I said I wasn't very excited for the Washington uh, Tampa Bay game just because of the jerseys. You um, it, <laughs> but it was great. Um, I loved the kind of the excitement going into it um, with the Washington D kind of taking put a, uh, coming in the game with a chip on their shoulder, going after uh, the maybe the goat Tom Brady. Um, so that was a fun game to watch. I love your comment uh, about uh, the Ravens running back, J.K. Dobbins. We kind of talked about running backs last week. J.K. Dobbins, like, like Corey was saying, that um, that hybrid, we're, we're in a, an era of hybrid running backs, and J.K. Dobbins is absolutely a hybrid guy. Can He's tough. He can block. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run. It's fun watching him play, and godly watching Lamar Jackson. It's phenomenal. I think his, his 46, 48-yard rushing touchdown – He's like lightning in a bottle when he gets going. Uh, it's amazing. So um, Tennessee figured out soon that they can't just stay in man. They had to go zone, maybe spy him because, man, when they when you get the DB's backs turned toward Lamar Jackson, that dude's going to take off. Um, so that was fun. And then I was disappointed in your Colts. Gosh, that uh, the play at the end of the game with the fumble, non-fumble, I was like, man, if the Colts win off this, I know Bryce is going to be excited, but he's going to take a lot of crap for it. I know that was a, that was a, a crazy finish to that game, but it was just like the Colts. They just couldn't. It's just it's with Philip Rivers. I don't know. You just can't. I, I don't know how you put it into words. It just can't seem to get over the hump. And so it'll be interesting to see if they do bring back Philip Rivers. Frank Reich wants to bring him back. And then, you know, Big Ben, you were talking about earlier. You know, does he come back? Does Drew Brees come back? They're still playing, of course. Tom Brady's still playing, of course. Does he come back another season? So we're watching those older guys. Some drop off. And then to see a matchup between Breeze and Brady next week, I can't wait for that. But but let me let me go back to the the fan bases with Cleveland and Buffalo, and and I have a confession to make, and and I think this is kind of our our maybe inspirational encouragement for for today's show, and it has to do with my kind of uh, grudge holding against certain players on the Bills and the Browns because for whatever reason I haven't been. Like it seemed like everybody was rooting for the Bills and the Browns this weekend. And I wasn't because you know why? I didn't like Sean McDermott. And you know why I didn't like Sean McDermott? Because a few years ago when Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback and he benched him and put in Nate Peterman, I thought that was the dumbest play or the dumbest coaching decision in, you know, in such a long time. And I, I held that against McDermott for, for all these years. It was always like, ah, I don't trust the Bills. I don't trust the Bills. I don't know about Sean McDermott. And, and so I think I, I was kind of convicted of that yesterday to say, wait, why am I holding such a grudge against this Bills team? They're very likable. They bring in Stephon Diggs. You know, Josh Allen has really emerged as, as one of the elite quarterbacks coming from a small school like Wyoming. You know, and even for him, why am I holding a, a grudge against, against him? Because remember when he came out, there were some past Twitter comments that were held against him. And I was kind of holding that against him as well. And, and I think, People change, coaches develop, teams uh, adapt and, and change. And, and, and one thing has remained the same for Buffalo. Those fans have been so loyal. They went through the four Super Bowl losses, yet they've stuck with their team all these years. 
And, and so for them to get that playoff win, I'm happy for them. And then with the Browns, kind of a similar thing. I just kind of, ah, do I like Baker Mayfield? Kind of, you know, held a grudge uh, against him. But this guy has changed. He's a different player this year. He seems like a different person this year. I love his commercials. So that's kind of softened me toward Baker Mayfield as well. I think they're hilarious. Those progressive insurance commercials are fantastic. So I've come around on him as well. And so I think whether in sports or life, sometimes we have to show a little bit more, a little bit more grace and, and let go of some of the grudges we've held to actually enjoy you know, what these teams are doing and what these, these players are doing. And I think to appreciate what the Browns did last night. That was unbelievable. And then for the Bills to get the win against a very good Colts team, a very good Colts defense especially, uh, it, was, uh, it was impressive. So um, do you, I guess, Corey, should, should the fan bases accept my apology and, and, and realization, and can we move forward and appreciate what, uh, what the Browns and the Bills are doing? Yeah, you got. You have to appreciate it. I mean, you have to, you know, look at uh, what the, the, what they did. And as I alluded to, you know, with the, all the odds against them, nobody expected Cleveland to have a, a shot at winning this ball game. But Baker Mayfield, you know, I think the word you want to use is maturity. Uh, when he got to Cleveland, uh, he was kind of that, you know, guy. You know, we remember he planted the flag. Uh, at, at midfield and, uh, you know, said some things and did some gestures that wasn't appropriate. You know, that's a lot of people saw that Baker Mayfield, but this new Baker Mayfield has grown up understanding how to lead, understanding what it means to be a leader, playing that quarterback position. And he has grown up. I mean, he's not a guy that has to be fancy and, and you know, got to be the guy that's, you know, out there all the time. He's about his team. And I could appreciate the growth. And I've seen that in Baker Mayfield. And, and, you know, as far as the Bills are concerned, this is a franchise I think about because that they were great when I was playing, right? That's right. When I came into the league in 1991, they just lost to the Giants. That was Desert Storm. I'll never forget that Super Bowl down in Tampa. Uh, you know, we're in war. Whitney Houston singing the national anthem. Uh, you know, O.J. Anderson with the great stiff arm. You know, the Giants win wide left. I think, you know, uh, Norwood missed the field goal. I mean, so, I, you know, I, I think about that, Jim Kelly, because my first preseason game was against the Buffalo Bills, my first NFL game, and it was a rematch of the Super Bowl. I'll never forget it. Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid. You think about the defense, Biscuit, and these guys. I mean, they were great all across the board, the Buffalo Bills, that team. And so uh, now to think it's been that long, mm. and I've, I've been out in the league now 20 years. Wow. Since I retired, 19 years or 20 years, 2021 now, I officially retired in 2001. That yesterday, uh, two days ago, was the first playoff victory mm. since that that team, those guys, all those Hall of Famers that never won a Super Bowl. So, you know, man, it, it's great to see. I, I love it. I want to see something different. I'll say this real quick. You talked about Big Ben, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, four old older than dirt quarterbacks, right? <laughs> and then you got these young guys, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, you know, this new, uh, and of course, Patrick Mahomes, the best of all of them. These new guys now, Aaron Rodgers still kind of, you know, in between there. Yeah. So I think you're starting to see a shift, and it was great to see Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, a new era of quarterbacks, a new era of guys that's getting to that next level in the playoffs. To me, I thought that was pretty special to watch. Well, and I think Ryan Tannehill wants to be in that conversation as well, and he was bummed that he wasn't you know, a pro bowler and you know, uh, won that recognition. 
but I thought he had a letdown game. That was a disappointment for that from that Titans offense. And and so, you know, the the idea that Derrick Henry has been so unbelievable this year for him to be held in check, uh, that was uh, that was a big deal for the Ravens. So they they came in and say, hey, we're gonna shut down Henry down, shut Henry down. When you do that, Tannehill didn't step up for in the passing game to uh to to get them that win. So um, so the names that you listed, I think those are the those are the quarterbacks that we we appreciate Tannehill. He's still right there trying to get into that conversation. He's not there yet, especially after, after yesterday. One quarterback, though, that I have to give some love to, and even though they lost, how about Washington? Taylor Heineke, a, a guy who was taking math classes, comes in, and to me, he played like Ryan Fitzpatrick, where you just there's, something, there, there's an it factor, there's something special about him, and, and I was so impressed with his his running ability and even I mean some of the throws he made were were very impressive. Made me nervous when he was like about to throw it, and then he completed them, and they made it tough on the Bucks because that could have been another game that was a blowout. You know, that, no one would have been surprised. It was like ah yeah they're playing with a third fourth string quarterback, yet Heineke came in and he he elevated that that whole team to make them believe that they could compete and make it interesting. And so, uh, you know, he's a former Panther. I liked him. He played a couple years ago toward the end of the season. And, uh, and I, I was happy to see he, kind of, he was out of the league, played in the XFL. Actually, didn't even play in the XFL. He was just on the roster. Then to get in on uh, Saturday night and uh, play pretty well. So that was one of the highlights uh, for me for, from the weekend as well. So if you're just tuning in, this is the, the Unpacking It podcast. We're coming to you live on Facebook today. And for those that, that listen to the podcast, we, we always appreciate your, your support and, and love of the show. And it's now the new year. And so we're trying some different things. Uh, we're, we're up in our game from a video standpoint. And, and we'll be actually coming to you on, on more platforms uh, in the coming weeks. And, and it's pretty sweet. You know, I'm, I'm here in Charlotte. Luke normally is in Texas. Today he's in Connecticut. Uh, Corey's coming to you from Columbia. And right now we're going to bring on a, a special guest. He's a, a contributor here at Unpacking It. Each week, he does the Audible Minute uh, that you can listen to uh, when you subscribe to the Audible Minute podcast, and it's a, it's a part of the, the Unpacking It podcast network. And then also, uh, he does the Audible Minute in video form as well. He's Nate Sally. He's one of our favorites here at Unpacking It. Uh, he's been a, a guest over the years. He's been a part of many of our events. And so uh, let's, let's say hello to the former. Ohio State Buckeye excited about tonight's game as the Buckeyes take on uh, Alabama. Nate, how are you, man? I'm great, man. I'm great. How you doing? I'm I'm doing well and uh, excited for the game tonight. And and of course, we just saw two great days of football: three days on Saturday, three days on Sunday. And so, before we talk about tonight's game, what what did you make of the uh, the NFL weekend? Uh, it was it was awesome, man. Um, I heard y'all you know speaking a little bit about it here leading up to the, me hopping on, but um, some great games. I was shocked. I expected to see the, the Browns play well and, you know, compete very well and, and possibly win, but the fashion in which they won was very impressive. And I think, you know, obviously the, the snap over Big Ben's head to kick the game off kind of set the tone a little bit, but they took it and ran with it, man. And uh, and, and the Steelers and, and, and the true Steeler fashion they they fought back and made it a game um and I know that all Cleveland fans are probably freaking out for a second there but um you know Baker and and the team came through and delivered so uh it was exciting and just across the board some really good games um I heard you mention Tyler Henneke as well and 
that was impressive. Although they they lost, it was uh, very impressive to see him kind of you know go toe to toe with the goat. So it was pretty exciting to see that. And um, yeah, yeah. So a lot of good things this weekend. Lamar Jackson getting his first playoff win. Um, I mean, this is a great weekend. I love hoops. I love football. So you know, we're basketball rolling right now, and then you know, NFL playoffs, and then we get prepared for this national championship tonight. Man, this has been a great weekend. And my daughter turned three. My youngest turned three yesterday, so it was a good weekend. I was good. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. What did you do for a, a three-year-old birthday party? We just we just relaxed, man. We stayed here at the house. Uh, my, my, my wife's like a, a secret, uh, you know, party planner, so she was uh, putting things together. We had balloons and decorations around the house, and and my daughter got to eat cake and ice cream. That's all she really wanted. And she got a little Barbie doll and some other things. But uh, we just relaxed and enjoyed each other's company, played some music, danced around, got a little silly, watched some football. Uh, it was a good day. We just relaxed, though, for the most part. That's awesome. Well, we'll have to, happy birthday to her. Yeah. And uh, as you were talking, so now we've got this new uh, video screen, and I can see what's going on with, with the other guys. Corey got a kiss from his wife. Uh, Luke, Luke's eating cereal. We got a lot going on in the show today. What kind of cereal, though? That that's the key. What, what, what kind? So so normally I'm a Captain Crunch apologist. There's nothing no better cereal than Captain Crunch. But all that was in the house was pumpkin spice Cheerios. So we're still in the October season. I got it. I got it. Luke, Luke, you won't believe it. We've still got the pumpkin Cheerios. And, oh, and, hey, they're good. No, I I don't like them enough. So I love pumpkin flavored food. I'm all in, and we were all excited. Oh, pumpkin flavored Cheerios! I don't yeah. find them to be that good. So that's why they've lingered. They've lingered into January. <laughs> Jody, or someone's got to finish them. So we have. You just got to get rid of them. You just got to end it. I got to put, put them out of their misery. So all right, I'll send them to you. You can have them. Cereal is my weakness, man. Yeah. I love Captain Crunch too, but I haven't had it since I was twelve. But at least Luke's can't, at least <laughs> Luke's keeping it going. All I'll right. carry that torch for us. Man. Well, so all right. So here on the call today, we've got we got Nate, of course, played at Ohio State. Corey. Loves Alabama. His son Christian played at Alabama just a few years ago. And so we'll have both of those perspectives. I'm, I'm pretty neutral about tonight's game. I'm just hoping for a close one because we didn't have that last year. And, and so we've seen a couple blowouts here and there. But, man, when the national championship is tight, down to the wire, that's what I, that's what I root for. So, Nate, with your team this year, it's been you know, somewhat controversial, not playing a full season, making yeah. it into the playoff, and then having a very impressive win last week or whenever uh, new year's eve was it feels like a while ago now but um a big, big win then what what's kind of your overall perspective on what this season looked like for your buckeyes and and how they're prepared heading into tonight's game yeah i was i'm just extremely proud of them um to first and you know foremost not even know that you're going to play and then to you know go weeks into the season seeing all these other teams playing and and fighting for your season um, for them to fight back and to be able to, you know, have a season and then to show up and play, you know, week in and week out, you know, for the most part and perform at a high level um, has been very impressive because I couldn't imagine being a you know, 18, 19, 20 year old kid and, you know, every week not even knowing if we're playing. Right. And they had with three games canceled uh, due to COVID. Obviously, coaches were out due to COVID. Um, and everyone's dealing with that, but I was just really proud of our guys because we felt like we should have been in that championship game last year. And we, we outplayed Clemson and kind of laid, laid an egg towards the end and had some, you know, calls maybe not go our way or whatever. 
But um, you can tell that that fire and that passion and, you know, why they wanted to play so bad. And it's exciting to see, you know, them go from, you know, wanting that and fighting so hard for that and now being here and having a seat at the table and an opportunity to play a, a, an amazing Alabama team. So, um, yeah, last year I felt like, you know, I may be biased, but I feel like the two best teams weren't in the big game and mm. it showed. And I feel like LSU still was the best comp- team in the country, and I feel like we, they may they may they may have pulled off a win against us as well. They were really good last year, um, but I like I like our chances with Bama too. I think it's a very even match, and I feel like it's, it's a game that can go either way. But I'm just I'm extremely proud of our guys. I feel like Coach Day gets our team as prepared as any coach I've ever seen us have. Wow, between Trestle, uh, you know, with Urban. Every game, like I haven't seen a, a game where we kind of showed up and just kind of rolled our helmets out on the field. Like, mm. you know, we had a, a battle against Northwestern, but they came to play. And, you know, we were short our receivers and, and you know, Fields had a rough day. But, but the, I, I haven't seen a game where I'm like, I, I don't see the effort or I don't see that we look prepared. Like every game that I've seen us play um, since we had Coach Dayman, he's, uh, he seems like a special coach that's going to be there as long as he wants to be. So. Um, like I said, I'm pr- proud of our guys, and uh, yeah, it's been a, an interesting journey, uh, but I, I'm excited to see what happens tonight. Yeah, it's, uh, no, it's going to be awesome. And yeah, we, we heard Coach Day at the uh, Bronco Nagurski uh, Awards Banquet last year, yeah. uh, and I, I liked him a lot. I thought, I thought he just had a, a great personality and approach, and he's, he's really emerged as a, as a top coach. To take over for Urban Meyer the way that he did and to yeah. now get them in the championship game tonight is, is huge. Well, Corey, let, let's bring you in here from an Alabama perspective. What are you most worried about when you look at Ohio State? What do you think Ohio State's maybe advantage is uh, against Alabama tonight? Well, I hate to sound like this, but I, I don't worry about anything. I, oh. I don't think. I don't think. He's confident. Well, I mean, I mean, look at. It. I mean, let's just be dealing with the facts. I mean, the Alabama's been tested. They've been tried. You look at this, they're the most complete football team in the country. You know, if anything, you might say, well, defensively, I know everybody trying to draw this narrative up about the defense. Uh, well, the defense is really good against the run. Everybody talks about Trey Sermon, but Alabama hasn't given up a 100-yard rush since Ole Miss, and that was when they were struggling early on in the year. Uh, and, and I think the yards per carry is like three yards. You know, so this defense is very solid against the run. We don't know what Justin Fields – uh, health conditions going to be, and I'm thinking, you know, those ribs are that's tough to take a shot in those ribs. I know he got shot up to finish that game. He's probably gonna get shot up again. I mean, so you, is he gonna be a guy that's that true dual threat in this ball game that that that's gonna take off and run with those pre-run calls or RPOs, or are they gonna try to protect him? So that 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 maybe to me might be the biggest question mark because I think if he if he's able to run healthy. Mm-hmm. I think now Alabama can have an issue because they've had issues in the past with dual threat uh, quarterbacks. But I think because of the rib injury, and I believe it's a problem because I, I think, you know, he took a severe shot and those things don't heal up in 10 days. So I, I, I really believe he's going to be about 70, 80%. Just my, my thoughts based on seeing that shot. I know he's going to get shot up uh, and he'll see what he can do. So, uh, I, I think Ryan Day's going to have to try to protect him. I mean, you don't want this guy to keep getting shots in the ribs throughout the course of that game. He's got to get through. If they're going to have any chance, Justin Fields got to be on the field. But I'm, I'm not saying that in a cocky confidence because this, this Alabama team, it is what it is. They're extremely good. I mean, they're, they're, their offense, uh, uh, Ohio State got one of the worst uh, passing defense in the country, like 113. 
uh, last, I believe, in the Big Ten. I mean, so they have a struggle there. Uh, but if anything, I don't know. I mean, you can, I don't know where Alabama's weak at. I, I don't. I just don't see it. So we're going to see. I mean, this is maybe the best team that they've played all year. And if that Ohio State that beat Clemson, which I'm so thankful and glad, thank you, <laughs> guys, uh, you know, if that team shows up and, you know, that Justin Fields shows up, that defensive line show up, if they're able to run the ball the way they did, then I think you're talking about a close game. But if if, if they can't control and deal with this offense of Alabama, which is can do they, – they can play dirty ball with, with running game, they can play wide open ball. You know, it's kind of what they want to do, what they want to do. They play the game based on how you try to dictate it. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, I th- I'm hoping it's going to be a good game. I just hope Alabama wins. But this could be a two-touchdown game or it could be a single-digit game. Mm-hmm. And I think if it's a single-digit game, then Ohio State's going to have a great chance to win it. Nate, go ahead, man. Yeah, no, you know, I can't – nothing to argue with there, man. I think he has great points. You know, they've been the the most dominant team and the most consistent team this year. And obviously, um, having played, you know, five or six more games than us as well, um, you know, some people say that, that that works in our favor. But for me, you know, being a player, it's nothing that, you know, can – can uh, take the place of that repetition and that rhythm. So I'm glad that we did get off, get hot last week, and we kind of had a good role with Trey Sermon. But, um, you know, Trey Sermon's been great the past two to three weeks. Uh, so, you know, if he'd been playing like that all year, like Dobbins, then, you know, that's a different get, that's a different story. But, you know, that's a big thing for me is just looking at, all right, our run game needs to show up. Fields' health is extremely crucial to, to us and to our success. He's a he's just a dynamic player. He's a game changer. Yeah. Um, and then I agree as far as you know the defense. Our defense has been suspect at certain points, but then they've made great plays at certain points as well. So it doesn't matter which team shows up. And I think you know that front, our front four, man, like the way they played last game, they and our on both sides of the ball, offense and on defense, like we dominated the line of scrimmage. And that's what you know Big Ten ball is all about as well. So I think if we can do that or have some some resemblance of that in this game and have, you know, Trey Sermon have a solid game as well. I think those are two key areas um, that stand out for me. And even us going into this playoff season, that was my biggest concern was, man, like, we just don't have that that home run hitter out the backfield like we had with Dobbins. Like, I love our receiving core. I'll take our receiving core with anybody in the country. I love Fields at quarterback. I'll take him with anybody in the country at at the quarterback position. But in the backfield, I I was just uncertain. And then Sermon has just shown out the past couple weeks, so – if you can keep that going, we can dominate the line of scrimmage. And as uh, as Corey mentioned, we can have fields be, you know, at least 80 to 90 percent of himself. I think we put ourselves in a good position because at least the biggest thing, and we were able to get away with it last game, I think because we had a good lead, there was no threat of, of fields running, you know, the second, you know, last two quarters of the game. But he was able to throw it good enough where we were still, you know, still good. But I don't know if we go through an entire game without a threat of him running the ball. Um, and winning against a team like Bama. So, you know, I think he'll suck it up and do what he has to do. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see. I think it's going to be a great game. I don't have any chance to talk. I'm just like, let's roll. <laughs> I, I just, just want to see my boys show up and and deliver, man. And um, like I said, it really can go either way. It's going to be, I think, one or two plays that make the difference in this game, um, as we always see in these big types of games. But um, I'm excited to see it. And, they, and you know, they may get Jalen Waddle back. He practiced – Oh yeah, uh, all, all week long, and you know he hurt his uh, 
ankle in the Tennessee yeah. game, returning a kick, first play of the game. Yeah. Uh, he, he goes down, and this guy was putting up numbers more yeah. than Devontae Smith was. Yeah. I mean, he got yeah. 23 yards of catch. I mean, you think about the explosive plays, uh, the, you know, punt return game. Uh, yeah. You know, if he plays, my thing is, I don't know if he'll play a full game, but I think if he's on the field at all, yeah, yeah. And playing defense, you know this, bro. You mm-hmm. have to account for him. You so, you know, a lot of people, I don't want to use the word decoy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But if he goes out there and lines up in the slot and they're moving him around, mm-hmm. he's going to make the secondary. He's going to make the, the, the back end of that defense make some adjustments that may open some things up for, for, uh, for other folk. So I think that's a big problem, too, when you're looking at how do you defend this Alabama offense. I mean, Mm -hmm. Steve Sarkeesian got these guys rocking and rolling. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about the best offensive line in the country. Mm -hmm. Well, Dixon's not playing. The best center, the best tackle. You got the Mm -hmm. best quarterback, the best running back, the best Mm -hmm. receiver. You know, it's like they took the the awards truck and just put it in Tuscaloosa (laughs) offensively. And and so when you look at these matchups, you go, wow. How how are you going to defend? And I'm just thinking with my DC hat on. How would yeah, I defend yeah. this offense? Do yeah. I stack the box and Najee, you're not going to run all, all over us? Or do I play play coverage? You know, but I think what Ohio State got to do is say, hey, you know what? We're a big cover three team. Yeah. We're just going to not let them beat us over the top because then we know Alabama likes to score quick. So yeah. we just want to give them dink and dunks. We'll give up yeah. Charlie Pickdowns all day long. We're going to make you – we'll let you go down the field. We'll make you up a ton of yards, but we'll tighten up in the red zone and oh, yeah. try to make you kick field goals instead of getting touchdowns. I think for, for Ohio State to win, if they could do that yeah. uh, then, and run the football and control the clock, I, that's how I think they can win this game. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 110%. You know, I think understanding uh, that you can't give up the big play, right? Like, hey, they're going to make them earn it. That's the only thing. Like, that's my biggest thing when I when I, when I I show up, you know, and I play ball or even when I look at our team play, hey, we can make a team earn a win against us then. Hey, it is what it is. But just don't give anything up. Don't give up any big plays. So, um, yeah, I think that that's going to be a, a huge part of the game. And I – you know, I love what you just mentioned as well because, you know, I love when our guys are being told that, like, all week. Like, man, they got this guy who got – like, because we, you know, we we don't have any slouches on our squad either. Like, we're all yeah. top-level recruits, and they're all guys who have a ton of pride in what they bring to the table and what they show up – how they show up on the football field. So, I love – because we rarely get a chance to be told that, right? It's only like when we played Bama's, you know, Clemson. Back when I was there, we played Miami. Like, that's the only time we're really told that, hey, y'all aren't good enough. Like, y'all mm-hmm. y'all might not have what it takes. Like, we love that. So I I just hope and I feel like Dave's going to feed off of that similar to what we did against Clemson and just show it with that same type of mentality. Like, you know, we have so much to prove. Um, at the same time, we, like, we played you all the last time. It was the same thing. You know, we hear the Bama, the Bama, the Bama stories and, you know, roll tide. And, you know, you know as a competitor, you're like, yeah. I want, that. I, want, I want that smoke, right? You want that smoke. I want all that smoke. Let's do it, man. But it's going to be fun, like I said, man. I think, you know, our guys, I, they're definitely going to show up with the chip on their shoulders. Obviously, you all wanting to continue the, the dynasty that you've been building here um, and having pride in that, man. And, and I think Dave versus Saban, I think it's going to be a great matchup from a coaching standpoint. Um, I'm excited to see what happens tonight. I'm fired up. The fun thing about us being live today here on Facebook Live and, and YouTube as well, we can we can get some comments and, and listeners can chime in to the conversation. And so our, our social media director, Luke, is uh, keeping an eye on some of those comments. Luke, why don't you share uh, one or two? Yeah, we got people uh, chiming in. 
Tyler says to Nate, "Great Buckeye." When we brought uh, when we brought Nate on, I was giving you some. Uh, and then I uh, put in the chat, "Who is gonna? Who is your pick to win tonight? Alabama or Ohio State?" And this is what Henry had to say. So it's tough to go against Alabama. They have three of the top five finalists, including the Heisman winner, Devontae Smith. And we were just talking about now, if you add Jalen Waddell, who's going to be a first round pick as well, that's a problem. So, hey, we got people chiming in. As always, keep dropping your comments. That's why we love going live. Uh, thanks for interacting. But so, yeah, Henry brings up a good point, kind of uh, piggybacking off what Corey and Nate were saying about Waddle. And then, yeah, Tyler giving, throwing some respect on Nate's name. Great Buckeye. So thanks <laughs> for dropping those comments. That's right. Nate, Nate's a former Carolina Panther as well. And, and so for, for me tonight, you know, I, I'm not an Alabama or Ohio State fan. And so then my, my, I got to root, you know, one way or the other. What I'm concerned about if, if Ohio State wins, the overlap of Cleveland Browns fans and Ohio <laughs> State fans, it could get ugly. It could get ugly. We, we might never hear the end of those fans there for a while. So um, that, that's a little concerning for me, um, especially – it's funny. A lot of people from Ohio move down to Charlotte. So I've got a lot of buddies who are, are Buckeye and Browns fans, and so uh, I'll never hear the end of that. Um, and then the other thing that i got to keep an eye on, and, and Henry kind of mentioned it, who, who's going to the, the next level? You know, what do these guys really look like? How do they play in the biggest game of the year? And, you know, as a Panthers fan, having a, an eighth pick in the draft, some of these guys will be on the board. So so will the Panthers go after any, any of these players from, from either side? So I'll be, be keeping an eye on uh, that as well. Um, and then I think, too, with Nick Saban as, you know, this legendary head coach, him adding another championship, what does that mean? for him and and then expanding it beyond college football to you know the greatest coach and and so you start adding 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 it's uh it makes that conversation even more uh interesting and so um i'll be kind of keeping an eye from that perspective uh as well and i also like when i watch these championship games they always have multiple channels where you can listen to you know alabama the the call from their radio guys and same for ohio state so i'll be uh, flipping around different channels to uh to get the full scope of, of the uh, the broadcast. You don't do that, Corey? I, I can't do it. I just, I mean, you know, whether South Carolina where I played or Alabama, I don't like the, 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 the home team oh, uh, broadcast because you get, it's homerism. I mean, you know, they don't they don't tell the true story to pitch. I don't, <laughs> I don't like it at once. I want somebody neutral. And unfortunately, I know, Nate, you're a Buckeye, but mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to even lie to you. Yeah. Uh, but I do not like Kirk Herbstreit. <laughs> he drove me crazy with Clemson calling those. He got all those games, and he's going to be the same tonight. With the <laughs> and it's like sometimes I have to mute him because it's like total like bias stuff. And he was he had flipped the script from Clemson. I mean, I'm like, bro, you Ohio State, right? I mean, I'm I like Alabama. I love him because my uh -huh. son, and you know, I'm a fan. But I'm still true to my Gamecocks. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. It's like, but Herbstreit, man. And he's on the call again tonight. I might have to mute it because it's like I watch the game for myself. I don't need to hear what you got to say. Let me just let me just uh, watch the game. There's my son. Just a message right there. I see on the screen there, Luke. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where you know sometimes the announcers can take away from the game, right? Uh, how you feel about that, Nick? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I like her, man. Her, her is my guy. So, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> dropping nuggets, man. Dropping nuggets. But uh, yeah, man. I, I hey, think like, hey. watch, like on a neutral, neutral um, station as well, um, just to kind of you know 
like I said, get that unbiased ear uh, for the most part. So I enjoy that as well. I'm, I, I'm the same way. But, uh, yeah, I, I like, I like you know, Kirk. I love hearing Kirk call the game, not just because he's a Buckeye, um, but, like, you know, he's one of those guys, you know, that has become, like, the voice of college football. So it's, it's almost – you know, it it doesn't all, it almost doesn't feel like a big game if he's not calling. So uh, that's that's he, yeah, he's really good at what he does. I yeah. think he's more the Clemson. I don't mind Ohio State one, but the Clemson thing was just, you know, bro. You know, it'd be like yeah. Michigan, Ohio State, right? Oh, you know, yeah. what I mean? oh, yeah. it's, oh, like, yeah. it's Clemson. <laughs> and I've been telling folk all all along about this Clemson Tiger football team yeah. that weren't as good as advertised. They play in a conference. The all mm-hmm. cupcake conference, the mm-hmm. ACC. Mm-hmm. They got an easy walk to the college football playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. This is the first year that they had a decent team in Notre Dame, who yeah. I was saying to folks, they're not that good either. Yeah. I, I mean, so, and when they played Ohio State, I might have been the only person in the world to say mm-hmm. Ohio State was going to win. And I thought it wouldn't even be close mm-hmm. because I thought Ohio State had much better players, you know. So Clemson kind of gets a pass and all this stuff, and he, you know, his kids go there and everything. And, he, and he's just like, man, oh, it was driving me nuts. Lord, please help my brother out. But you understand it, Corey, because you, you would probably do the same if you were on the call. So you you understand that the, when your kids are playing for a team, it just it, it kind of clouds your uh, your vision a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but you can't. I, I probably couldn't call the game because I'm yeah, you just I, have to say I, no. Yeah. I'll be saying no because I know watching my son play, I get very emotional. I like – it's like being in the stands, right? The hardest yeah. thing for me was when Christian was playing, was sitting in the stands and listening to fans. I'm sorry, but sometimes like I don't want to hear what they have to say yeah. in the comments. So I would walk around. I would just have to leave because I, you get caught up into the emotion. I can't even imagine if I was doing the color analyst, cause, you know, watching Bama and my son out there. How can you not? I understand it, but I'm like, sometimes yeah. you might say, I'm probably too emotional. I want to be professional, <laughs> but let's – no, people can hear these things right where your heart is. Mm-hmm. Well, so speaking of, of Herb Street, so I think he's one of the best, you know, color commentators in, in all of sports broadcasting. He's tremendous. Him and Chris Fowler do such a great job. But when I was up at Appalachian State heading into that game against Michigan, Kirk Herb Street was on college game day calling App State a cupcake game. For oh. Michigan, so I'll always hold that over his head a little bit. I tried to get—I was doing—I was hosting a show on the the college radio station when I was up at App during that time, and I tried to get Kirk to come on the show, and he wouldn't come on. So I wanted him to come on after that game, and he didn't do it. So I hold a little bit of grudge against him for that. But like I said at the beginning of the show, we eventually have to let go of the grudges. We gotta we gotta move on, and so I, I respect Kirk Curb Street for how how good he is, and I'll be listening to their the main broadcast for a while, but. I like tuning in to uh, – they'll, they'll do like a, a watch party broadcast as well. It'll have some different characters that are on that. So I'll watch that, you know, feed for a little while and then listen to – especially if like if one team is on a roll, I'll go listen to, okay, how is the how are the, you know, losing teams announcers handling this right now? So I'll, I'll listen to that for a little bit as well. All right, so the, the game's big tonight. And since we have Nate Sally on with us today, and each week he provides – unpacking it listeners and, and viewers uh the audible minute and and so you can subscribe to to receive the audible minute anywhere you listen to podcasts and then you can also see the audible audible minute video on our facebook page as well as on youtube uh but nate why don't you uh maybe share that that with us today you know this week's topic and kind of give us a quick summary uh for for those you know uh, listening to the, the show live today and and also that will listen to this podcast later on uh normally we do unpack this to kind of wrap things up but today since we've got nate with us uh maybe provide us a little bit of encouragement 
uh, here on the Unpacking It podcast. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so the 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 topic for this this week's Audible Minute uh, was something I call "Who Told You That?" Right. So um, I have a close friend of mine who. You know, he's that buddy in our group. We call him, he's the who told you that guy in our group. So anytime we say anything, you know, questionable, anytime we, we say anything, we, we sound like we're doubting ourselves, or if we say anything that's not aligned with who God calls us to be, he's always like, man, who told you that? <laughs> who told you that? So he's quick to ask us that question. So, you know, much like my Buckeyes and in this week's game and the last week's game against Clemson, uh, you know, we all are often told that, you know, we, we may not be capable of doing something or that we're not capable of pulling off the victory in our lives. So there are also some of us who, who, are, who, are, who are told that maybe we're better than others or that we're above, you know, others and we put up on this platform. But either way it goes, whichever end of the spectrum we fall on, I always encourage us to look at, you know, who told you that, right? God calls us all to be great. We're all royalty. He, we're all, n- none of us is below the next person or above another. We're all equal. And we all created equal and created in his image. So um, so that's something that I wanted to share uh, with everyone today. And ultimately, God plus any number of us will always be favored to win any battle, no matter what. So whether others are trying to put us down or trying to place us on a, on, on a pedestal, I encourage us all to ask ourselves, who told you that, right? Mm-hmm. Because if the message we're, we're receiving doesn't align with what God says about us and with what God says about others, I want us to quickly return to sender and proceed to pursue the victorious life of purpose that we were all created to live. So um, that's that's kind of what the message was this week, just speaking about, man, who told you that? Whenever you have that doubt and those things in your mind that don't align with you know, who God is calling us to be, just think about who told you that and where that came from. Amen. I, I love that, man. And and I think, too, you know, so many of us coming off the, the year that we've we've had and and you know it's continued into this year as well just where there's a, there's a lot of difficulty all around us and it's so easy to start telling ourselves you know the negative thoughts and and buying some of the lies that that are out there and and you know being fed in different ways and you know when when we start uh, you know we, we've dealt with a lot of isolation we've dealt with just all these different challenges and and I love this message Nate because a lot of those those things just aren't true. They're not true about us. They're not true about God. They're not true uh, about even our, our how we can handle certain circumstances. And so, when when we are marinating on Scripture and 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 resting in who God is and the truth of of His Word, uh, man, it changes our perspective and it turns those those negative thoughts. And I love that return to sender. Get those negative thoughts out out of there. Um, and so that's a, that's encouraging to me, man, because I, I think on the tough days, it's very easy to get into that, that spiral of, you know, negative self-talk and, and just the lies uh, from the enemy ultimately. Uh, but to, to be able to say, all right, wait, who said that? Why am I thinking that? And then to, to turn to scripture and say, uh, man, that's, this is the truth. This is what God really says about me. So Corey, to, Corey, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So you gotta always, you know, remember, you know, what the word of God says, right. You gotta always remember, you know, who, God says you are, and and it's not always about um, the you know what people say. You know, I kind of talked about it last week on uh, in my video devotional, right? Unpack this with Devonte Smith. You know how people said you'll never make it because you're this, you're too weak, you're too strong, and I kind of liken that to sometimes people say that to us spiritually even. But you know how do we? The Bible talks about meditating on the Word of God, meditating mm-hmm. on His Word. And I think this is crucial because we have to get 
those things that the word of God says deep down in our spirit, man, and, and, and meditate on because things in life that's going to happen, going to come at you, that's going to try to take away from who God says you are. People are going to say negative things about, you know, who God says you are, but you got to stand. The Bible says, haven't done all stand, continue to stand, right? And stand on his word, not in our own strength, but in the word of God. That's why I love those scriptures that empower us to continue to stand and, and, and remember who God says we are. We are already knowing that we are victorious by, if, you, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you already have won. You already, you already are victorious, but I know we have to go through this life, but um, from our day-to-day battles. But remember, you got the victory, no matter what it feels like, no matter no matter what it looks like, no matter what nobody says about it. God says you are victorious in and through Him, always. Amen. Period. Amen. Amen. L- Luke, you want to jump in there? No, I just I just love piggybacking what Nate Nate said. Just what a great friend to have someone that consistently says, man, who told you that? That's just an, an encouragement to me to be a friend to my friends who consistently will hear something that uh, isn't doesn't hold up to what the what scripture says we are in Christ or scripture says what is true. I want to be eager to be someone who, who asks my friends, man, who told you that? So that, that's my takeaway is it's so easy. It's easy to be like, oh, well, maybe it's a little uncomfortable if I, if I really tell them, ah, that, that's not what scripture says or Maybe I'll just hold back. Maybe he'll come across it. Maybe someone else will say it. But how can I be eager to speak truth and speak truth to my friends? Because I want that for me. Man, if I'm not believing something true about what God says about me, man, I want a friend to tell me, hey, that's actually not what Scripture says is true about you. Hey, that's actually not true about yourself. And and when, when friends have done that to me, it's brought healing. It's brought uh, forgiveness. It's brought grace. So I just, how can I be eager to do that to my friends? How can I be eager to be someone that says, man, who told you that? Because I want to tell you uh, what God says is true. So that, that, that's just really encouraging for me. I, I love it. Who told you that? So that's a great message today from Nate Sally. Looked like he had to drop off. Uh, so uh, we thank him, yeah, for, awesome, huh? <laughs> thank him for being a part of the show today. And uh, good luck to his Ohio State Buckeyes tonight. But again, encourage you to check out the Audible Minute. Uh, you can... Uh, Subscribe to receive that in podcast form, anywhere podcasts, uh, anywhere you listen, and then also on our Facebook page and YouTube. Uh, those will start coming out on Monday mornings this year in video form. So we're excited to have Nate Sally, uh, a part of the team here at Unpacking It. And, and guys, man, this, uh, this hour flew by today, but we're really fired up uh, about doing this show live on Mondays. We'll be here on Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, we're going to be adding some some more platforms as well, and and so we appreciate if you'll you know share and and tell others uh, about this show, and and also we appreciate your comments and participating and being a part of this show. And so we want you to connect to unpacking it, uh, the the ministry, this podcast, our devotional that we send out Monday through Friday. That's called Unpack This. Uh, normally on this show, we'll we'll include Unpack This into the show. Uh, today we did the audible minute. So uh, hopefully you were encouraged by that. And, and so, man, we're, we're fired up for 2021 here at unpacking it. And uh, I'm, I'm fired up for tonight's game. So a lot of excitement, a lot of energy uh, for us as sports fans uh, following Jesus. And so we're, uh, we're thankful that we can rest in his peace and, and rest in uh, the, the joy that comes from 
knowing God and, and being able to uh, experience his presence each day. Uh, Luke, Corey, awesome show. Thanks so much for, uh, for being a part of it today. Uh, I guess final uh, maybe prediction for tonight's game. Any, uh, any final thoughts? Corey, you go ahead. I'll, def- I'll, I'll defer to Corey first. I was going to say, Luke, I want you to go. I want to hear what you got to say. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Alabama. Um, I, I like – Corey, I think you made a good point. Ohio State can be phenomenal and can play like the best team in the country. I haven't seen it as consistently as Alabama. Oh, welcome back, Nate. He's back. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go – I'm going to go with Bama, but I think it's going to be under. It's going to be under ten points. All right, all right. Well, let's let's let Nate jump in there. So, any kind of prediction for tonight? What do you lean toward? I uh, got to go with my guys, um, but you know, I think it's definitely going to be a dog fight. I think it's going to be one of those one touchdown field goal type games. Um, you know, if we're able to pull it off, um, but I I believe our guys, you know. Feels and I think with what we went through last year, like firmly believing that we deserve to be in that game last year, um, I think it's just a, a different level of confidence and a different chip we're playing with. Um, I think our health is going to play into that as well. Um, but honestly, I know I know it can be any one of our games. Um, but I'm just hoping my boys pull it off, and I have to pull for them. And I think that they have everything it takes to beat this Bama team. Uh, who is great, you know, who is, you know, looks unbeatable. Um, but we all know it all depends on who shows up on, on what day and who plays the right way in the right moments and shows up in those big moments. So uh, so we'll see how it goes. But I, I got I to go with my guys. No way I can not say I'm going. No, <laughs> 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 nah, you can't do that, bro. I'd be like, I'd be like, message you on the screen right here. Don't do it. It's Don't not do it. Happening. It's not happening. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I look at this game, it's, it's uh, two blue blood programs, two great programs uh, over the history of college football, no doubt about it. Um, I, you know, I, I watch Alabama every week, knowing coaches there, knowing, you know, very close to the program over the years because of my son going there. And just seeing this team, you know, two, two years ago when Alabama lost the national championship game to Clemson, they had more talent than anybody in the country. And, and on paper, that they should have beaten Clemson by four touchdowns. And then unfortunately, they had four or five coaches moving on, and it was a it was a, it was a train wreck out on the West Coast. Players trying to get to the league, and they lost, and it left a bad taste in their mouth. This group of guys, Nick Saban says, the best players on this team are the best people on this team, best character guys, best work guys. And this team is different, led by a quarterback who's a three-star that people said, based on what you just said, you'll never play at Alabama. You go in there to sit on the bench, you know, behind Tua, behind Jalen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy right now was a run-up for the Heisman. Mm-hmm. That's that's Mac Jones. This team has a lot of great pieces. Mm-hmm. And and what I said this morning, a little message, I said they have to finish. The wards are great. Heisman was great. All these things are great. But at the end of the day, you want to horse this trophy. That's a team trophy. That's a huge thing, national champion. And that's why I like Alabama. This team, won't, they won't be a letdown. This team will be motivated. They want to finish what this group came in together and started. I love Ohio State, Justin Fields. I hope he goes number one. Uh, the Jacksonville, Urban Meyer gets that job. And then that's going to Trevor Lawrence going to have another setback at number two to the Jets where he's been running from anyway. So <laughs> here's the thing. Alabama will win this game. I think it will be close. 
in the end because I think they're going to get up. I do because I think the secondary of Ohio State is going to be an issue for, for this defense, and I think they're going to exploit that. But Nick Saban will put it in cruise control. I think it'll be like a 45 to 31 type of football game. Ooh. Roll time. Matter of fact, my son is listening to us on. He sent a message right there, Nate, and said, Roll tide. It's all okay. Hey, I wouldn't have said, any, I wouldn't have said anything else, right? We have we have to roll with our with our, with our squad. So yeah, I know um, that's right. Yeah, it's the way it goes. All right, let, let, I'll offer, I'll offer one other just kind of storyline or perspective. To me, we saw it this weekend with teams like the Browns, the Rams, and even though Washington didn't win, the teams that played, you know, they're kind of underdogs. They they had a lot against them. They you know, whether it's injuries or the Rona or thing, you know, things were up against them, yet the the adversity brought them together. And I could see that storyline playing out for Ohio State because it, it's been as hard of a season for them and you know, wanting to play and not being able to play and, and the, the start and stop and, and all that they they went through. You know, that that reveals a lot of about your character and, and you're 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 forced to stick together even more. And Alabama is probably more talented. You can talk about all the you know potential top ten picks and, and all that sort of thing. But sometimes when the team can come out a little bit, maybe you know less. I think less pressure is on Ohio State. Um, and then you, you know you mentioned the injury of Justin Fields. Sometimes when you have an injury, you play through that, and it, it changes your mentality a little bit. So I could see that happening with Ohio State. So now Corey's not feeling. I'm looking no. for a story here. I'm looking for a story, Corey. No, you said the last same that same thing about the coach you've been saying. I told you <laughs> that forty nine year old Philip Rivers would not beat Buffalo. I told you he had him going to the Super Bowl. Listen, oh, that's great. That's great, brother. That's great, Bryce. But nah, I mean, if this was a that team a while back, maybe. But as I said, the reason why I said this about how this team is built mm-hmm. at Alabama, um, I think it just they want to finish. And I, I think it's going to be a great football game. I know Ohio State got just as much talent. And I, and I agree with Nate. Last year, I thought it was their year. I thought mm-hmm. they were much better than Clemson. I should have won that football game mm-hmm. um, as Clemson got blown out again by, by LSU. So, uh, But I think the fact that this team wants to finish, this team is very focused. Um, I think it'll be close early, but I do think Alabama pulls away late but anything can happen i mean i'm not saying it's a it's a shoe in and but i i just feel like this team just based on the character and what coaches have said i I feel strongly that they can win this game if they play the way they're supposed to either way let's hope it's a good one but uh man great great conversation fun show today here on this uh this debut edition of the unpacking it podcast live so nate thanks for being a part of it and great work uh by by luke running things behind the scenes and, and Corey, our, our co-host, and, and also the, the director of ministry outreach, uh, check out his Unpack This video devotionals on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can check out my written devotionals Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you can subscribe to receive all of those in your email inbox. Just go to unpackingit.com, and you can subscribe there. For the guys, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. And I hope that's true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. Have an awesome week. And we will talk to you next time right here on Unpacking It. (laughs) 